up, mamas? It's Tanika Ray. I was a television host for 20 years before my entire life blew up when I had a baby. Shifting gears from red carpets to a gig called Mom required a whole new game plan. The carefree, globe-trotting boss babe me was suddenly in search of a mommy tribe to help me navigate the inevitable fumbles and fails of raising a kid. Mama Stay with Tanika Ray is a sanctuary for the mommy collective, where we amplify our self-love and self-care, trade tips on raising conscious kids, help each other fine-tune our boundaries, and celebrate the highs while forgiving ourselves for the lows in the wild, 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 wild world of mommying AF. I remember you, you like made a point to talk to us and you actually acknowledged me, you know, because a lot of times on the red carpet, like they want to talk to the star, but not necessarily who, you know, the person that's with them. You made a point to talk to us and you were so cool and so down to earth. And I love that about you. Like, I still remember that to this day, you know. That makes me feel so good. Thank you, Chris. I get goosebumps from that because once I got put in that position, I realized how important it was for me to really be present and to see people. And, you know, I ride hard for our community. I do. And all the people that ride hard for us. If that's the case, I wish I had that footage. I'm going to see if I can find. Do you remember what event it was? I don't. It I it either had to be the Grammys or the BET Awards. And I really feel like it was the Grammys. I'm trying to remember what other events I went to back in the day. But I really feel like it was like the Grammys or the BET Awards. But I just remember you being so down to earth and like yeah, just so talking cool. to us and being so sweet to us, you know, so. For me, it was also new to me that having someone kind of seem like your girl, someone with that vibe, it, it made me like really, really calm and just, I don't know, it just, it made me feel comfortable in that moment where I was really uncomfortable. Oh, so I, I always remember that. Thank you, babe. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think it's important. I realized how heavy it was on those carpets. I also realized how impactful it could be. I mean, it's the reason why I got the very last interview with Nipsey and Lauren at the Grammys before he passed away is because my show didn't want to talk to them. And I didn't give a damn what that show wanted. They didn't know who they were. And I was like, "Uh -uh 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 -uh." I have a microphone and I have a camera. Come on over here. And it was my chance to, in my mind, I was introducing them to my show so they can see how beautiful and intelligent and brilliant they were. And then we lost him a month later. So thank you for saying that. I think that's part of why I'm doing Mama Stay as well, is that I want people to not only paint us all with one brush. Moms are diverse. They're deep. They're profound. They're busy. They run everything. It is being the CEO of your house. And for society to underplay the importance of all the things we do is the biggest shame on this planet. I agree. I agree 100%. When in actuality, they know that women rule the world. I mean, I don't know if my house will be able to function without me. (laughs) Seriously. For this week's episode of Mama Stay, please meet Crystal Wall. She's the ride and thrive wife of Houston-bred rapper, 
Paul Wall. Now, why do you know Paul? Well, there's this special energy that comes from Houston. And as I've said it before, I'm all about energy. If you know about Houston or Southern Fried Rap, then you know that Paul Paul had a collaboration with Nelly, and they were even nominated for a Grammy for a song called Grills. The one thing that makes Paul stand out, he's one of these kids is doing his own thing, is that Paul is Caucasian and Crystal is a sister. So I love hearing about how two worlds come together. And she so beautifully breaks it down later on in the episode about how really we are all just souls living in different bodies with different skin tones and different flavors. So please welcome Crystal Wall. I love, love, love her for all the things that she's accomplished. Let's dive in. Your house could not function without me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without me. It's just the way it is. Like mama does everything, you know, <laughs> mama does everything. Like, seriously, my kids are texting me now. My daughter's texting me about bringing her something to eat at school. She already has lunch, but she has office period. And so she's with the administrators and she's like, hey, can you bring me some crepes? Uh, Girl, no, no. And I used to be that way. Like I used to take my kids lunch to school every day at lunch. Partly because it was my way to spy on them, make sure everything's copacetic at the school. But now it's like, I I ain't doing all that. Mama is not going to break her back to bring you lunch, baby. I, I got you lunch before school. Okay, that's what's so hard, Crystals. I'm going through that now with my seven-year-old is I realize we spoil the crap out of them. And then when we're tired of it, we're like, you should be grown by now. You should be able to take care of yourself, but you should be able to put your own lotion on by now. They don't like us separating from them and making them more independent. That is a, that is a challenge that will go through the rest of our relationship with them, right? Because we literally for five, six years do everything wipe their butts clean their faces get the boogers out their eyes I mean it's crazy so we might be prepared for that separation and for them to be more independent but they're not so how did you handle that when your daughter said bring me crepes of all things like fancy french crepes girl fancy french crepes I just told her no you know it's like hey I can't do it right now. I actually had to lie and say that I was on the other side of town. <laughs> I had to lie and say I was on the other side of town. Because, you know, you do feel a little guilty about not being able to be there at that moment when they want you there. It's not ne- necessarily they need you, but I want you and I'm used to you doing this. So make it happen, mama. But Look, yeah, I get it. But at the same token, we're going to run ourselves ragged if we don't put up boundaries. Right on. Right on. Kids need boundaries, girl. They will wear us out. And I only have one and she wearing me out. See, my friends, I knew Crystal was pure mama stay magic. And it's not just about the fact that she has navigated this beautiful life with her hubby you know, young love, which always works. And it's not the fact that she was born and bred in Houston with some good country fried morals. It's not even that. And it's not the fact that she fell in love with dance and wanted to burn her baby weight off by shaking her thing. It's not any of these things. It's all of them put together. 
So I'm excited to dive a little deeper. Crystal, what else? Break it down for me. Okay. You met Paul, Paul Wall, at what age? Um, Paul and I started dating at 22 years old. So 2003 is when we started dating. We've been together since we were 22. We are now 40. I'm 41. He'll be 41 in March. So forever. It seems like forever. Half your life. Yeah. When I met him, I was actually in a singing group. Yeah, he was rapping. I was in a singing group and I was out selling CDs at the club and he bought my CD. The next time I saw him, he was like, hey, that CD was scratched. I'm going to need to get your number. So, you know, I need to get a new CD from you and maybe I could screw and chop it. It was really cute. It was really cute. But, you know, what's funny is that I thought about him for two weeks until I seen him again. And I had no idea I was going to bump into him or anything like that. But when I did, it was just funny that he actually remembered me. Yeah. So locally, he was already, he was known. I love the story of how people find their significant others, because that tells the story of how they end up mothering as well. So was it instant? You obviously thought about him for two weeks. So it must have been a little bit of love at first sight. It was. And he says it was for him. For me, so I knew Paul from college. Mm-hmm. So I had already met Paul two years before that. He used to always be in my school. I was at TSU, which is a HBCU, and he was a student at U of H. Okay. So we already kind of were around each other. In each other's um, circumference. Yeah. Right. Right. I would see him at my school. He would see me at his school. We would say hi to each other, but we I didn't really know his name. He didn't know my name. And then when I sold him a CD, which was like two and a half, three years later. Hey, how much did you charge him? $10. Nice. He bought the CD, asked about the music and how long we had been together as a group. And then it was like, all right, well, you know, good luck with everything. And then the next time I saw him was like, he was like, hey, the CD was scratched. I need your number. I need your number so we can, you know, do something together. Like, but it was, he was very mature, but I thought about him for two weeks afterwards, just because I don't know, I guess I wasn't used to meeting at that age because I was 22 and I was in the industry. So it was like, I wasn't used to meeting someone who had a little bit of um, celebrity, Mm -hmm. but also that didn't try to try, like try to holler at me or, or, So take it to the next level with me right away. And the next time I met him and he was just so humble and just so cool and down to earth. And it was cute because he kept trying to dance with me on the dance floor, but like not dance with me, not get in my space too much. He was a sweet, he was just a sweet boy, like sweet man. And I liked that about him. Everything about Paul, I loved from the get because he was just so mature and so such a gentleman, you know, you could tell he had been raised right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That makes a difference. Yes. He had been raised right. And, and I had been raised right too, because there was, you know, like when you're, when you're taught to love yourself at a young age or taught to respect yourself, you know, respect yourself and respect others. And I could just tell that he was that type person. And I don't know, we just clicked. Everything about us just clicked. My dad always kind of taught me, I was real like, if you don't do it, my daddy will do it. Like, I love that. I always had those kind of vibes because my dad was very hardworking and like helped. Like he always showed me how to take care of myself. And he was very adamant about like, if you get with a man, you make sure that he's like this and he's like that. So I always had like 
self-respect, you know? So I wasn't going to take just any kind of dude. This is why they say it's so important for little girls to have their fathers in their life. When your daddy loves you, it keeps you in this frame of mind that you're worthy, that you are worth something, that you should demand the greatest in life from your men. So kudos to your daddy. Shout out. Yeah, shout out to my dad. (laughs) He passed away in 2007, right before my daughter was born. But it's like all these things that you take with you throughout life that you don't even realize. You know, I remember like fussing at him for being too overprotective. And Mm. now I'm like, all the things that he taught me is like what I'm doing with my kids. You know, it's how I'm living my life now. So kudos to my dad. (laughs) Kudos to daddy. Love that. And how is going forward now that you have two kids? And I'm sorry to hear he passed away right before your daughter was born. You must see your dad and your kids a lot, right? I do. I do. And both of them. First of all, they look just like him. Oh, really? They look like him. They look like if Paul and my dad had a baby, that's what my <laughs> kids look like. <laughs> that. That, they look just like him and they act like him, you know, especially my little one. My dad was a Scorpio. My little one's a Scorpio. I need to quit calling her my little one. She's 14, by the way. She's not my little She's one. She's going to be your little one for the rest of your life. It's okay. She is. That's my baby. But yeah, so... They act alike, you know, they're very sensitive, but also super caring and like family people. They're very much like my dad. I believe my dad's around me all the time and around my kids all the time. I can smell him sometimes. When I lost my dad, Paul felt like, damn, I lost a father figure too. Like, I think he had plans for him and my dad, you know, they were already really close. And for Paul growing up, his father, his his birth father was a pedophile. So he he never had a relationship with him. His mother made sure that she like, you know, snatched him away so they wouldn't have a relationship with him. And I think he always had a void. But with someone like my dad, strong father figure, for him, I think it was like, this all our daddy, you know, because that, that's the funny part. Like Paul does that with my family. Like he's very much, came in my family and took everybody from me, you know? (laughs) You guys were meant to be, and I I love watching your story. It's like, you know, in such weird times, we are in very complicated times. You know that. It feels like sometimes the world is on fire. I weep for our children that they have to live through this craziness right now. But you guys have held strong. You People might look at you and be like, it's a white man with a black woman. But when it comes down to it, you guys are soulmates. And it's so yeah, it's, it's such a testament to all this race stuff is just it's a construct that has been created to separate for no reason. Right. Right on. I, love I agree. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's, it is tough. It's crazy because we all talk about connecting as souls. Right. And when you think about it for real, for real, we are all souls here and we're we're in these bodies. Right. But we're souls. Ultimately, we, we are all souls. So skin color shouldn't matter. None of that stuff matters. What matters is like your, your heart. You know what I mean? Your heart, what your intentions. What are you putting out there in the world? Who are you for real, for real? Mm-hmm. Outside of this, like if you couldn't see any of this, if none of us could see any of this, who are you? You're yeah. so right. And, and you guys are in the South. Texas is 
from a girl who lives in L.A., Texas has some problematic things going on, sis. Problematic. How do you walk through the world with each other as a strong family? And what do you tell your kids about the funk that's out there in the world? Uh, We're straight up with our kids. We discuss everything with our kids. Our kids are very headstrong. And, you know, we live in Texas, but Texas is not. I know our politicians are and and everything. I know we got a lot going on, but maybe it's because we live in Houston. It's very diverse and we don't really experience any racism or anything like that. Our kids will come home and tell us about things the kids say at school. Like our kids, my son was super offended the other day because a boy in his class referred to him as a hybrid. Hello, he said a hybrid. He referred to him as a hybrid. He was like, mom, and he didn't think he said anything wrong. He didn't think there was anything wrong with it. I was like, wow. He was like, but that's really racist to say a hybrid, like a hybrid. But we hear, I mean, other than that, we don't really deal with any racism. But Paul and I, we're just, we are who we are, you know, and our kids are who they are. And we let them know, like, we're more than just. First of all, we are all more than just black, white. You know, we are all more than just our race. There's so much more to who we are. So much, you know, but it doesn't mean that you can't be proud of your your race. You know, it doesn't mean I'm a proud black woman. My children are proud black children. Okay, they do know that they are biracial, but they are proud black people. My son wears a shirt that says I'm black of today. Well, I'm black every day or something, but this month I'm black and black or something. He, my boy is into it. Like he's reading all kinds of African-American studies books. I just bought him a book the other day. Is it John Lewis? Oh, yeah. Because he's really, really into, he wants to know his history. He wants to understand his full identity, which is what all these, this educational pushback is about. Right now, that what they're calling CRT, they're making it really scary, critical race theory, and they're fighting it. But it really is just for people to understand the full scope of America's history. What is the, yeah. why y'all so scared? What y'all we scared need about? It. We need it. You know, it's not that they're scared, they're shamed. Mm. That's what it is. They're shamed. Everybody knows it. White Americans know the history of America. They like to turn their back to it and act like, oh, no, it's in the past or it's all still happening today. I worry about this all the time. Well, I think about this all the time because I look at the pictures from back in the day from the lynchings and how there were white people going to the picnics and they had their kids there. Girl. And they, they're making a picnic out of somebody being hung. And you see little kids. And I think about my baby at five years old and. We wouldn't even let him watch Bambi because he loved deers and Do you, understand? you know, we didn't want him to be traumatized yes. by Bambi's mama being killed in the movie. So the fact that here are these white people with their kids at a picnic, I mean, well, making a picnic out of somebody being lynched is sickening. So I think that a lot of it is, is that people are shamed. They shame. They don't want to own up to what happened in the past, but we need to. We all need to be educated on it. And those of us, the younger ones that don't know all of this happened, they need to know this. You know, they need to know what grandma and grandpa and them was up to. They need to know, 
you know, where it all came from so that we can fix it, so we can heal. And I love the fact that your son is really interested in finding his identity. That's what we're all trying to do. Well, I'm trying to find my identity. Once I had a, um, a child, I'm like, who the hell am I? I knew yeah. I was on red carpets. I knew I could do interviews. I knew I loved being on TV because it was a passion to connect with people like you. But now that I've had an alien come out of my vagina, who am I? Right? Yeah. With pregnancy and with motherhood, I love kids. I've always loved kids. But I don't think anything can really prepare you for motherhood. Because your body changes, like that was the thing for me. It was my body changing. Not necessarily having a baby. I have a little brother who's 12 years younger than me. So I always felt like, okay, if I have a kid one day, I'll know what to do. I basically helped raise my little brother. But it was the body thing for me. My body, I didn't realize I had body image issues like I had. I had body image issues. And with my first one, I gained 100 pounds. So I went from being 125 to 225. And that messed me up mentally. I thought that after you had that baby, you kind of snapped right back and that it, that didn't happen for me. No, no. My boobs that were already 34 double Ds became 34 Gs. That part for me was like, oh my God, like my body is different and I have a new responsibility of being a mama. And we had cameras in our house, too, because we were doing reality TV back then. Girl. Wait, wait, wait. Were you guys doing your own show then? Yeah. So we were doing a a reel. Well, not a sizzle. Yeah, a sizzle reel. We were doing a pilot for VH1. And they were doing a reality TV show on Paul and myself. And this was six weeks after I had my baby, my first baby. And you already know how it is, like, with Black people. I don't know if it's like that with everybody else, but with Black people, you know, you don't you don't really have people around your kid. No, ma'am. Not around the baby. Not no, around this fresh baby. Mm-mm. So. <laughs> no, no. I, I, didn't have, I didn't go around anybody for three months. Six exactly. weeks, boo. That's. Woo. Yeah, it was a lot. So there was a lot that I didn't know about how my body would change. I was also juggling being a wife and what that meant to me and to him. Like, okay, what wait a minute. Mean? So did you. Did you, you guys got married actually while you were pregnant? Yeah. I was three months pregnant when we got married. Yeah. You got that together yeah. fast. We sure did. It was like 30 days. <laughs> so, so tell me, did you guys, you do it in church? Did you like, what was the layout of your wedding? Okay. So there was this place, I forget what it was called, but it was like a beautiful restaurant. banquet hall type thing and we got married outside because they had um this pretty gazebo it was really pretty very tropical looking outside now originally we were gonna fly to jamaica and get married of course but it was a hurricane one of the hurricanes hit that year okay i don't even remember whatever hurricane hit in 2005 that one hit the weekend that we can't mess around with them hurricanes girl yeah but this place, it was it was called Vargo's, I think. It's not there anymore, but it was really beautiful. And yeah, it was what we wanted. There were peacocks outside. Oh, wow. And we kept peacocking. So I took that as a sign, like, okay, we're doing the right thing. This is it. This this is it. You know, but it worked out. <laughs> yeah, it did. It was, it was beautiful, though. Like, it really was beautiful. I don't um, understand where that came from. 
but you kick the, your foot through that door. You're like, no, what did it feel like when you finally said, this is what I want to do? And first of all, how did you settle on working out? Because you know, I love me some workout and some dance. Yes. Well, okay. So we lived in California for a little while. Oh. And when I lived out there, that's when I learned about organic eating. That's when I learned the mamas out there was, yeah, they was mommying, but they were keeping it tight and right. So true. <laughs> they were working. They were doing other things. That's when I got motivated. You know, I saw a different side of life. When I was at home in Houston, I had my mom. I had Paul's mom. I was being coddled a lot by the women in my family and, and being told, like, it's okay for you to just stay home, be a mom. And I was okay with it. You know, I was okay with it. But when I moved to California, I was out there by myself and well, with my husband and my kids. It was just us for the first time. And it was like, okay, well, he's working. They're in preschool and I got time on my hands. I need to be doing something with my time. I need to figure it out for myself. So I just started going to the gym, taking different classes and meeting different moms and people like Josie. Do you know Josie? You know Josie. Shout out to Josie. Shout out to Josie here. That's my sister. I love her so much. Okay, wait. And she's she has episodes here on Mama's Day as well. Okay, hold up. Because you know I'm a native of LA. I need to know where you were working out. Were you doing Tybo? Like, break that down for me. Oh, this episode was so full and so packed with so many beautiful details about a woman's life when she just put one foot in front of the other and went with spirit. What we went on to talk about was her dance workout class that she fell so much in love with that she became accredited. She started running her business because if you remember back when she started having babies, she still had a dream. Though Paul was highly successful, Crystal also had a dream of being in the music business. But when they started their family and they started to see the future for their kids and what was required, because moms are necessary in every single facet of a child's life. I think she was open and she surrendered to the fact that God was taking her in another direction. And what was so magical, Crystal could have held on to her dreams of being a musical artist, but look what she's doing. She now is still rooted in music. She brings all of these Houstonians to her dance class where they get to have community. They get to shake their booties. They get to get down. They get to feel free and have fun and also see each other and be seen. So Crystal's a lot of things. Boss mom is definitely one of them. So I guess I'm going to have to do a part two. We broke down so many facets of her life. And the one thing I don't want you to miss out on is how dance became the center of her joy. We talk about this a lot as wellness and self-care. And I think, and I've truly believed, and I've always said this, That it doesn't matter what it is that brings you joy. It doesn't matter what it is that makes you feel alive and it's solely yours and you can depend on it to be a trigger, a switch to find instant gratification. For Crystal and for myself, it's dance. Whatever yours is, do it and do it as often as you possibly can. So I'm going to have to release maybe part two or I'm just going to release it on YouTube. Stay tuned. I will definitely let you know, but we're just getting started with this convo. But as far as this podcast episode is concerned, we are 
On our way out, stay tuned for more from Mama's Day with Tanika Ray and especially more with Crystal Wall. Much love. And you know I'm not going to let you go before you sing something. Come on. What? You thought I was going to let you go without singing something? You crazy. I don't even know if I'm like ready though. <clears throat> you can make, you can put Mama Stay in there. You can do Woosah, whatever it is. Give me something. Let's see. I'm taking my freedom. I'm putting it on a shelf. I don't know the words. <laughs> yeah. Living my life like it's golden. 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 Golden. Yeah. Girl, you better. I wish I could sing. That was beautiful. Thank you. Crystal, I love meeting you. And what I'm, I, I'm really good at is knowing exactly how people are by their energy on Instagram. I don't know. That's a weird talent, but I knew you'd be exactly like this. You're a delight. You're dope. You're Thank such you. an inspiration. And we got an episode, mama. Yay. Woo-hoo. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. You're so lovely. And when I come to Houston, girl. Thanks for hanging out, Mama. I know how little time we have in our day to honor ourselves, and I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. Make sure you click like, rate, and subscribe. I'd love to hear what you think about today's show and what you want to hear going forward. Remember, mommying is a gift, and you're doing a kick-ass job. So, woosah, and mama stay. Mama stay.